0: All,
1: look, I never left the house. All I did was obsessively watch Alf. That was like my jam. That was the only show that I really enjoyed on television. Over live. In 1986. Yeah. Okay. I was like, why doesn't every sitcom have a puppet in it? Just one puppet. Everyone else is a human. Because I'm sure that if you are a classically trained actor from the Yale school, your dream, your life's goal is to have to affect emotion around a. Piece of felt, you was know what it? I mean.
2: <laughs> I think Alf automatically uh, teaches you why that never happened. <laughs> I, like I watched no this. Did that.
1: I watched the Alf cartoon. Yeah, I could. I couldn't get enough. Alf, Alf all day. It uh, was an Alf cartoon. Yes, yeah, it was on Saturday mornings. So you know, it once depend- again,
2: way, we're way older than our guests. <laughs>
3: That's not true. Uh, <laughs> That's not
1: true. <laughs> That's right, and uh, as always, you know this is an episode of Eat, Pray, and Judge, and we're talking about the year 1986, because uh, today we'll be covering the movie Top Gun, and uh, and we've got a third wingman here in the studio. <laughs> oh, nice, <laughs> You know, uh, I don't know what his... He, he can tell us what his call name is, his uh, code name, but uh, his real name is uh, Matt Moretz. What's up, man?
3: What's going on, guys?
1: Dude, so excited What's that life? you could uh, come into the studio today here in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, or... Uh, Punto verde, as we like to say in Spanish.
3: <laughs> yeah, what's it in Polish? I guess it's a huge. huge
1: oh Polish man, I'm gonna have to ask our landlord that later. Later, so we'll get to that later. But uh, but yeah, before we get into the film, you know, we just like to dive into the context of, of the time period uh, in which it it sprung. Uh, 1986 was pretty pretty chill. It was a cool year. A lot of firsts. Uh, Aerosmith and Run DMC teamed up for the uh, first rap rock collab interesting. that uh and that's that's the sea the seed that uh created the tree that eventually bore us the beautiful fruit of corn you know what i mean if we look at uh corn, the evolution corn of the k, yeah the band, that's what corn, i mean yeah <laughs> maybe you you write the k backwards if you're really spicy yeah yeah so uh <laughs>
3: street, mexican street corn yeah
1: <laughs> elote yeah as we like to call it and uh, I, I, can't, I don't do a lotte. It's too too heavy, too rich, too many ingredients, you know? I like this, the simplicity of, of corn by itself. We don't need
2: to... You're a purist, dude.
1: That's right. No, no need for extra crema on there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what else happened in 86? The Space uh, Challenger exploded. Yeah, that's right. Um, watched by millions, including myself, on TV in my kindergarten classroom.
1: Yeah, I was there too in yeah. class. Not in your classroom, but I watched it.
2: We were close. you we were probably like a few, half a mile away.
1: Sure. They forced us to watch it. Yeah, Can because, you believe
2: that?
3: Yeah. and that yeah, crazy? that's crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. The
2: crazy thing is, is I, I mean, nobody knew that anything was completely wrong or tragically wrong initially because no one knew what they were looking at. Right. I mean, you just see it explain. It went into space or went into, I guess it launched like 100 meters mm. off of the... the uh, the,
1: In Cape Canaveral. Yeah, the lift probably so. Sure. Was it Cape Canaveral? Yeah, it was one of I those I mean, places. you know. Yeah, sure. well, it was gonna... one of
3: those things too. I think you maybe you were telling me this that you were watching it live as students in a school, and nobody had any idea what exactly had happened. But you just yeah. see it blow up, and then there was like this: Do we turn it off? Do we keep watching? Do we? Right. They. I mean, they kept it on, so
2: everyone started clapping initially after like the uh, first explosion because they thought that was part of the part of the process. So everyone in the room was clapping,
1: oh. like a Fourth of July fireworks. I <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you're asked, like, do, do we turn it off? Do we keep watching? I saw two fights this weekend, and no one wanted to turn them off. No, of course no. not. Like, one was at a Dunkin' Donuts uh, near Penn Station. Oh, like yeah. real fights. Yeah, I saw okay. a real fight between two ladies. About, like, were you in one of them or no? No, I was You were a bystander. I was across the street at an Irish pub getting drinks after I finished mm. my uh, week of teaching summer camp to seven through ten-year-olds. <laughs> And because you really got to decompress after that, so yeah. everyone else is drinking beer, but I get headaches from beer, so I'm just getting greased up. I'm on my like thir- third uh, glass of Pinot, and I'm sta- I'm staring out the window, and I see two ladies uh, fighting on the street corner in front of the Dunkin' Donuts, and then they take it inside. Oh man! And the Dunkin' Donuts has those windows, so there's uh, so there's these uh, gaps where I can't see what's happening, and then the next. And then I see the fight progress into the next window. Yeah. So it was like that. Uh, it's almost like the fight in old boy scrolling across the screen. Oh, yeah. As I see them move across uh, and then pop back up into in another window frame and surprise me with what's happening. Hold on. Fair. You were
3: drinking a pinot in At, an Irish pub? That's right. That's the type of guy I am. That's I an interesting. It was
1: probably delicious. I ate some fried... Uh, uh, you know, popcorn shrimp as well. Oh, yeah. So I was washing down the, the popcorn That's shrimp. That's an interesting move.
2: Drinking <laughs> white wine and eating shrimp at an Irish bar, dude. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and it was probably like 4 p.m.
3: when I was doing this. Sure if so. I had a nickel for every time I was drinking popcorn. Or sure. Eating, eating popcorn shrimp, drinking peanut.
1: And the, the bar got flooded with um, people trying to commute out of the city because for whatever reason there was a, 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 a trash truck overturned in the tunnel. Uh, going to Jersey. I saw
3: that. That was crazy.
1: Sure. So this is all real. Yeah. I kid you not. And, no, and yeah. the place is full of people just they don't know where to go, what to do, so they're all ordering popcorn shrimp too. Luckily I got in right before the rush.
3: And uh it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Well they had traffic backed up to the the upper west side for from that from that yeah. dump truck flipped oh, Everyone over. trying to do that. Everyone trying to leave to for you. the fourth of July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, Shut down to Jersey that. Transit, shut down Port Authority. Yep.
1: Uh that's all it takes man.
3: That's what living AI. in Jersey's like <laughs> That's what you got to deal with.
1: Yeah, the bottleneck. And then the second fight I saw was at the uh, knitting factory last night. I did a a spot on the show there. It was amazing. Really fun time. But then immediately after my set, I went outside to cool off uh, because it gets packed in there. And um, right across the street from us uh, was uh, another couple decided they needed to get into a fight. This one was a guy and a a girl. Uh, physical altercation? Physical altercation between a very tall man and a short woman. But... You know, and so all the com- all the comics on our side of the street were like they wanted to jump in and play Captain America and just like you know be heroes. Stop a man fighting a woman. Yeah, a good idea. It is it well, you know, but as much as he definitely, they were both very involved. Both, sure, both. Oh, I don't at, doubt that. Yeah, every time that the guy's best friend would pull him, you know, you know, get in between them to to stop it, she would then come in and swing over the Guy trying to stop the fight, so yeah, they really wanted to have that fight. I wonder if they're gonna make it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, sometimes passion um, is what is the glue that cements a relationship mm-hmm. together. Yeah. You never know. <laughs> uh, uh, the first
2: wave happened the wave at the uh, sports stadium waves.
1: I don't even know what you mean by Seriously? that.
2: Seriously, yeah, that was the first time that it was happened. the first wave. At what uh, game? It was a FIFA World Cup game in Mexico. The wave is when they do that thing where everyone stands up in
3: unison and it goes like in a wave around the stadium. There is like one drunk guy at the, at the front end of the of yep. the section, yeah, and he's like one, two, and, he's, and everybody like tries to get it going. Then when it finally gets going, it's like the coolest thing.
1: I am so amazed that that it, it's such a recent phenomenon. Eighty six. Yeah, I thought that this was something that happened when Babe Ruth like showed up, hungover, just when, chomping when, on a cigar, when
2: people wear suits and hats. To- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Nobody was doing the wave. No. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the, the, it, was, it was referred to by English speakers as the Mexican wave. The Mexican wave, which also sounds like a euphemism for some dirty sex act. Totally. Almost like the Spanish flu. Yeah. Uh, the United Way released one and a half million balloons in Cleveland as a publicity stunt. Uh, it clogged land and waterways of northeastern Ohio, shut down an airport runway, and forced the Coast Guard to suspend an, a rescue mission for two men who eventually drowned. <laughs> It's so a nice, nice work, United. <laughs> nice,
1: <League>. yeah.
2: <laughs> Optimus Prime. Oh shit!
1: He got he got uh, gatted, mm-hmm. smoked, wasted, killed, and that was the first cartoon I'd seen uh, kill murdered uh, in a movie. That so heavy. that was the end of my innocence. Remember that I Transformers do remember the that, movie. Yeah can't believe that they wrote that the in an animated there. movie just to be clear. Sure. Yeah. Yep. I think that uh I can't believe that test after watching it with test audiences they let that go through. Yep. I'm a huge fan of it now as an adult, but I'm sure that there were just you know wa- waves of uh 7, 8 and 9-year-old boys nice crying uh in the movie theater uh-huh. as this happened. And then you have parents and grandparents have to have that uncomfortable talk with their children that sometimes heroes get shot.
2: Yeah. And die. Do you know where uh, another... Uh theater crying might have happened. Tell me. Howard the Duck was released. It was Marvel's first movie. Um, it, it was a box office bomb. My first shot at Duck Titties ever, which is all I remember from that movie. Oh,
1: my goodness. So that was
2: the first Marvel movie. cost an estimated $37 million. That movie made me physically million. ill. It was a f- terrible movie. <laughs> no spoilers,
3: guys. I'm, I, might, I might watch you it.
2: Actually, so, I would always recommend that people watch that movie because it is fucking bizarre. It's for context. Yeah, absolutely yeah. for context. I mean, it's, yeah. And you know got it got. It was a superhero.
1: It yeah. got green lit because George Lucas was a, was a producer on that film, and he was coming off of the highs of all the Star Wars films. Right, Star and Wars. Maybe Indiana Jones. I'm not sure if you, they made that at that. I point, also but,
2: think that was probably like some of the early days of Industrial Light and Magic, because there was a lot of uh, special effects in that in that movie, and I'm sure that he made some money on the back end, Hall, Halliburton style.
1: Yeah, but yuck, dude. You really want to wash your eyeballs after you watch it. Yeah. It is just gritty and grimy in all the wrong ways. It's really off-putting. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's just, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not a fun watch.
1: Yeah, tonally gross. And, Interspecial
2: uh, <laughs> sexual tension.
1: Yeah, well, and another film that had a similar aesthetic but I thought really worked that came out that year was um, Little Shop of Horrors.
2: Mm. See, I never watched
1: that. It's a musical why. that is probably the darkest and most disturbing musical because it's marketed, again, to kids. And it had a great. It had Bill Murray in it. Um, it's Rick Moranis, right? Yeah, no. exactly. Rick That's Martin. the one, right? Yeah. It's, so, it's got all these great comedic actors right. in it. But it's about a, a cannibalistic plant yeah. voiced by Little Richard. So, uh, and they chop up bodies and feed them to mm-hmm. the plant.
3: I remember seeing the musical like the musical musical on stage. Yeah. Um and yeah, feeling like the same thing is very disturbing. It's very kind of like off-putting. Yeah. Um but the music's great in it though.
1: It is. It's uh it's a great film. Uh it's it also, you know, I I don't think I'd had negative experiences yet with dentists, so I didn't understand <laughs> The uh, the idea of conflating a sadist with a, yeah. the profession of being a dentist, yeah, and then if you rewatch the clip of Bill Murray now going to the dentist as a as a masochist, who's almost like sexually aroused by the torture that um, uh, Steve Martin is inflicting on him in the dental chair, it's yeah. it's I can't believe that that was something that they they had kids watch.
3: They really gave dentists a bad rap in that movie. Yeah, Just put them paint them in a bad light. But
2: you know what? Though Still the highest suicide rate of any profession, I think. Do they? Yeah, dentists. Wow, they're up there on their top top five. They used to be top one. Uh, top one. Toll booth operators. <laughs> What's that? Toll booth operators are up there too. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. dentists. That's a weird. I don't know. Looking into people's gross mouths all the time would oh. fucking bum Just me out. Just watching the inevitable decay. Yeah. I mean, of it's like imagine like, yeah. like, you're like. You're in
3: there. You ever notice, too, like, I don't know if this is you guys' experience at the dentist, but I feel like the person comes in and cleans your teeth. They spend, like, you know, 30 minutes cleaning your teeth. The dentist comes in, looks at a couple of papers, looks at your teeth for, like, maybe five minutes, and then gives you the gives you the clear, gives you the go-ahead. Oh, yeah, they're passing and the that's it. big time. I'm like, you dentist. went to college and yeah. spent all this money and get paid all this money, and that's pretty much
0: all you do. I have the, the, the bummiest healthcare.
1: You know, I got that, like, low-tier healthcare, and so I, all the dentists that I, are in my network are... are all Eastern European in this neighborhood, and they all sound like scientists from Chernobyl just like about to give me a terrible diagnosis. They're like, eh, maybe five years on yeah. this tooth, maybe. Your gums, who knows? Who knows Chernobyl? Well, can good you reference. do anything to help yeah, me? It's and a good they're reference. like, Cause it maybe <laughs> right. <laughs>
3: <Should> <laughs> they give you iodine pills. That's their only. That's their only go-to. Yeah, iodine <laughs> <Just, laughs> pills. What
2: they're, are, they're, are you talking? Everything's fine. <laughs> everything's fine. <laughs> Your teeth are great. Yeah, I don't teeth like, is fizzing.
1: Don't. And then, and I get. I'm always. And Chernobyl we just brought it up, but I'm always off-put at the dentist because they use the uh, X-ray gun on you. Right. And I think, oh, this this is safe until they put the giant lead blanket on you and then leave the room. And watch you through a window while you get uh, your teeth shot with yeah. gamma rays.
3: Uh, yeah. We just kind of trust it. <laughs> it's like dry cleaning. Like, just, we don't know how, how that works. It just We give we our clothes <laughs> to the dry cleaner, and then they come back, and they're clean. Nobody asks questions. Yeah. And it,
1: what's the deal? How do they clean it and keep how, it dry?
3: Yeah. Why is it called dry cleaning? I don't know how that works. It is, a chem- it is not dry, actually. Fun fact. No. It is a chemical. Yeah. A yeah I looked chemical. it up. I was oh, interested.
1: Yeah. So and there and, we go. Educational. And these chemicals, you're just, then you're wearing your starch shirts that you've dry cleaned yeah. on your bare skin. Oh, I remember using heavy starch a lot.
2: It's yeah. incredible for the environment. It's <laughs> <for the world. laughs> yeah, like a chlorofluoro a CFC bomb. Woo! Uh, the, the, the phrase going postal was derived and, and uh, coined in 86 because of all the uh, gun. Related shootings involving postal workers and their and their coworkers. Wow. In 1986. Yeah,
1: those were the the OG spree killers. Yep. Were uh, yeah. the the guys that came and showed up at your
2: house. Oh, this is like a just a bevy of uh, professions that you don't want to be in: dentists, yeah. Chernobyl scientists, <laughs> postal worker, anyone that worked light and magic on
1: yeah. uh,
3: Howard the Duck,
1: or teachers <laughs> or on uh,
2: space
3: shuttles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man. <laughs> Too soon. Yeah. <laughs> Too
1: soon. Yeah. Uh, my Another show that I loved during this time that a lot of people have forgotten about is Sledgehammer. Oh, I love that show. And uh, Sledgehammer only existed from 86 to 88, and it was a parody of Dirty Harry-style cop yep. shows from the 70s and early 80s. And he, I say satire, like I remember watching this show, and it feels like it should have been on Fox. It was on ABC. But... It's like so. <laughs> it is. It's so cool because he is a cop who has this giant phallic symbol gun that he sleeps with on a silk pillow. Yeah, and he's like, kind of. Uh, he's definitely a misogynist. Like, probably racist. And it's like the best awful portrayal of a police officer. It is. As a com-
2: but as a comedy. And, and it was a- genuinely funny. Yeah. Like, there was really good writing on that show. It's
1: up there with, like, the Ralph Wiggums. I haven't thought about that in a long time.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it aired for, like, a season and a half, I think.
1: Sure, yeah. sure. I
2: remember my dad liked that show.
1: Well, what did they... They put it, <laughs> it up was. against, uh, I think, the Cosby show. Sure. And so it just, like, was not going to win in Well, I mean, prime they, were, time. they were
2: going for the opposite demographic <laughs> of the Cosby show.
1: <laughs> but it's, it's, dude, it's, like, idiocracy level... Awesome. Yeah, it was a
2: great satire. So um,
1: uh so that's a show now after doing research for this year, I, I want to go back and check out again to see if it holds up. Yeah, I wonder where to find that. YouTube,
2: I guess. Yeah, yeah sure. sure. It'll Sorry, be there. Probably
1: YouTube. Well, uh guys, here we are. Yep. We are gonna talk about uh Top Gun today. Or as uh in, in you know, I don't know what your experience is with this, but I, I rewatched it uh for the first time and I'd say maybe 20 years. Sure. Wow. And I just, I thought I'd rename this movie Big Dick, uh, Daddy Issues in the Not-So-Friendly Skies. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) But uh, that doesn't mean I didn't like it. That's just what I'd call it now based on my warped sense of humor. Or Hot Shots the Phantom Menace.
2: (laughs) A little prequel.
1: Yeah, but, uh, but when I saw this movie as a kid, I thought, man, it is scary in the skies. These Russians, they fly around and these stealth little uh, planes called migs you never see their faces they're always wearing these sunglasses the the russian pilots and mm-hmm. then they've got the darth vader face masks on yeah. and uh, w- uh, what a threat i'm so glad that we have uh, young men with code names like iceman merlin wolfman goose <laughs> yeah. and, hollywood. Yeah. and hollywood yeah and hollywood up in the air
2: protecting us <laughs> Yeah. It would have been such a funny movie if, if they just used their real names. <laughs> I've like got a bogey on my six, Fred.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, having a having a nickname is like wearing a mask. You know, it helps you disassociate. It helps you take on a larger than life persona.
2: I would agree with that, but they do have their government names strewn uh, across the side of the plane. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like a dead giveaway. So, uh,
1: how about where? So, <laughs> where <laughs> were you guys? Boy. I definitely had model toys. I think after I watched this movie, oh, I had man. a couple little uh, space. Uh, Airplane models.
2: This was my favorite movie of all time at a young age. I, I remember seeing it in the theater with my mom. Yeah. She had a crush on Tom Cruise. Sure. And uh, most she, she moms took me did. Uh huh. Yeah. And then uh, I was the first VHS copy I ever owned outright myself that was given to me as a gift by my parents. Uh, I watched that movie maybe sixty-five times as a kid. Wanted to be a fighter pilot. Um, it was basically a naval recruitment vessel. Yeah. Um, actually. To sort of capitalize on the height of this, like uh, the, the popularity of the film, uh, they were setting up recruitment stations at movie theaters. Yeah, which is crazy to think about that. Cold War propaganda, uh, cool guys, uh, latent homosexual tendencies, and yeah. aviator glasses.
1: Yeah, it did. Uh, it brought. I, I know all the kids had uh, bomber jackets after this, yep, and aviator glasses. Yep. So you're right. It was and a-, a lot of kids
3: played. Uh, volleyball and jean shorts. Yeah. (laughs)
2: That
1: was the
3: move. That was what I took away from it. Matt, how about you? Well, this, the movie came out a few years before I was born, but I remember growing up in, in San Diego, growing up where the movie movie takes place. Yeah, Um, Is
1: that Camp Pendleton or?
3: No, Miramar. So Miramar, I grew up in, um, in, uh, Mar, Carmel Valley, North County, San Diego, which Miramar is a little bit more inland. Um, so it's about 20 minutes away from where I, where I grew up. And, uh, And I remember just watching this movie constantly because for some reason my parents thought it was a good idea to show me show me the movie when I was at a young age. Yeah. Um, But I just remember thinking these—it's like the cool, the coolest things, right? It was the the fighter pilots. That whole lifestyle was like the coolest thing. Maverick, you know, and aviators on a motorbike with no helmet, like just incredibly badass and just, just. Insanely, insanely cool. And yeah. then growing up, realizing that the movies had some had some gay tendencies as well, <laughs> it makes it more interesting to watch Made now. Makes it more delicious. But yeah. so,
2: I mean, the funny thing about that is, is if you watch it to the guys like a child, yeah, and you don't think about any of that stuff, so it's just a badass movie about airline fi- like fighter pilots and like their lifestyle, which is the coolest yeah. thing ever in my book. Like, me and my friends would pr- like play Top Gun at like recess in school. Oh, yeah, we had like glasses and shit. It was hilarious.
1: Well, when you're a little kid too, you're kind of, I'd say you're you're sexless. In well, a lot of ways. But I
2: remember being slightly titillated by the sex scene. Yes. My, oh, that sex scene is, is yeah, graphic. Right. My yeah. aunt Jean came in. She's a pastor's wife while that was on. And she was like, what are you watching?
1: Well, this I think of this less as a movie and more as a music video, two music videos. It's a Kenny sure. Loggins' a Danger Zone extended video, yeah. uh, which is all the, all the fighter pilot scenes. And then it's Take My Breath Away, yes, which is all of the uh, shoehorned-in romance dun. scenes yeah. between uh, Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis to make it seem less gay.
2: Right. I mean, if you listen, I, I had uh, subtitles on for the movie uh, this time. Cause it's the first time I've watched it since I was probably like 12. Yeah. And uh, the lyrics, that Kenny, Log- Kenny Loggins' lyrics are...
1: <laughs> Suggestive?
2: I, I would say a little bit, yeah. Provocative. Yeah. Titillating. Oh, yeah. I mean... Salacious.
3: Uh, yeah. Well, I remember, too, there was, <laughs> there was, I don't know if anybody else has noticed this, but throughout the movie when I was watching it just recently, every single male in that movie in any scene is sweating profusely. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why, I, they like miss these guys before every take, the actors, but yeah. everybody is sweating profusely. Like, there's that scene where where um, Charlie corrects his, uh, like Maverick had like this, this flight pattern or whatever, and then she corrects him and he storms out and gets on his bike and he drives up a street that I remember as a kid driving up that street all the time and, you know, airs his motorbike and they get out, Jesus Christ, you know, and like gets like all up in their face and then she, you know, basically confesses her love to him. That's right. And then they go and they have this amazing graphic sex scene. It's just the, it's the hottest, just like two gears grinding together and then just like come into one. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And then the love affair between, uh, Goose and Maverick. That's right. Yeah. Not necessarily sexual love affair, but no. But you got to trust.
1: You got to trust your wingman. You got You know. Yeah. That's your number one. That's your. That's your partner.
3: That's your, your. Yeah. It's your real. For yeah. sure.
1: You're. You're real. you're real. That's the term. Yeah. Yes.
2: So I mean, obviously, a lot was made of the, you know, the homosexual undertones to this film, but they're not undertones, and they're not like no one does that on purpose. Like you couldn't write a movie to be that blatantly. Homo in, in my opinion. Like, I, I read an interview with, with the writers, and they're like, Yeah, we didn't, we weren't trying to do that. They're like, We could definitely see where you got that from. Like, they were like <laughs> in retrospect, they're like, Holy shit. Oh, yeah. well was...
1: I think it has to do with uh, the director who I love, Tony Scott, is yeah. uh, ama- one, Tony, this is like peak Tony Scott. Yeah. And Tony Scott is, um, he looks at everything as style over substance. Right. And his early work all feels like music video style. Right. And so it's not that it's like I said, kids, boys. It's two on the nose. Kids are sexless, is what I was saying. Right. Is like, mm-hmm. and, and what I meant by that too is like, you know, I would watch He Man, and like as a little boy, He Man's just like, oh, everyone's just muscular because that's the ideal of what you want to be as a man. Sure. like I want to be like a ripped, strong. Or the dude. way the women looked. Yes, and so like watching these these are basically come to life GI Joe characters, Absolutely. who are all uh Tony Scott is not is um more interested in sort of representing the ideal like these beautiful ideals of right. uh heroic um, men and women. And, and the, Mostly men. And, and I, I think, <laughs> in this yeah, film. 99.9% you
2: know? yeah, men. Yeah, Kelly McGillis was like fully clothed. She even wore a hat.
3: <laughs> yeah, that one scene. <laughs> more like a baseball hat. Yeah, category. a baseball hat. She yeah. looked like Michael Jackson in that elevator. <laughs> she really did. It was very odd. But um,
1: maybe that's to help make her like fit in within this uh, rough and tumble like right. group of dudes. She
3: just wants to know about the MIG. That's all she <laughs> that's wants. That's really all she yeah. cares about. She's not even interested in Tom She's Cruise like, You're kind of cute, I guess. She, you're cute. Yeah. I just want to know about the MIG. She's a
1: scientist and Aerodynamic
3: physics. Yeah. right? Which that's yeah, that scene where she where she comes in and the dynamic between Maverick and Goose when she's like curious about the Meg and they're just like they have all this information about like you know we saw you know it's about meter you know. Maybe two meters. Like I have a picture of the you know Polaroid of him giving him the bird. Like I love that, that's a Ford, great scene. Such yeah. Good, yeah. Goose. Uh, too,
0: uh
1: gone
3: two Classified, soon. I could tell it's you, classified. but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> yeah.
2: Such a good line.
1: Goose, uh, uh played by Anthony Edwards. Yep. And he is the most likable character in this film. By far So likable.
2: <laughs> yeah. Fresh off the heels of Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, probably oh, yeah, the right. the
1: best, best friend you could have. Yeah. Is, Just blindly uh, loyal. Yes. Yeah. And and sort of the ideal you know this film. There's a lot of uh, like um, different um, expressions of masculinity, and not very different at all. A very uh, streamlined version of masculinity in this film, and I think of it as like there's the guy, the men played by Tom Skerritt and mm. um, Viper. M- oh, yeah, Tom Skerritt, Viper, yeah. Michael Ironside, Jester, and the bald guy who played the principal in Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. And uh, these guys, their whole vibe—they've got like three ways that they communicate with younger men. And the first one is is they uh, they will either um, threaten you, <laughs> like you're gonna be, you're out of here, yeah. I'm gonna throw you in the brig type stuff, or uh, followed by an insult. What do you idiots think that you get your heads out of your asses, yeah. you idiots? And then the, and then the third thing that they'll do after they do those is
3: they'll say, "Good luck." You're the best. I've yeah, ever you're seen. the best. Good yeah, luck. I'm rooting for you. And Flew with like, his old man. Yeah.
1: Like, this is the wrong uh, method to... uh, The wrong example to take if you want to be, like, a fatherly authority figure. Right, yeah. (laughs) No one responds well to an insult or a threat. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
3: Which I also heard that the actor... Was it Michael Ironside, who plays Jester? Yeah. Yeah. Apparently just has a, a horrendous time in real life walking around and people just going up to her like ah jester's dead yeehaw jester's dead just walking up to him in like a coffee from like starbucks and just like harassing the hell out of him oh, yeah. Like, yeah the actual
2: school the, the, the top gun school in miramar uh has now a five dollar fine in place if you ever quote the movie during during uh, your, your your eight week course there oh my <laughs> that gosh that's hysterical um yeah i mean there's also some solid lines like i want butts and i want them now yeah <laughs> i want somebody's
3: butt i yeah. want it now <laughs> I've had at it. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that poor guy with the coffee. Yeah.
1: Oh, what a what a fun running joke! They yeah. should have hit it a third time though. They should have, you know, because uh, every Did big joke needs no, three beats
3: twice. Yeah, that's so true. No, third time at the end too. When they at, when they come back from the final battle, they buzz the tower. They buzz the tower. And oh, the same guy. Buzzes the I, I thought it
1: was thought no. It was, it was the first
3: times. time was was at the first training right when he first buzzes the tower when he hits Chester below ten thousand feet below mm-hmm. the hard deck. Yeah. Um, by the way, hard deck. Yeah, um, I know. Day. There's a, there's a stream of yeah. We could literally go on. So um, and then and then again, I want somebody's butt. I want it now. That's twice hits the coffee, and then the third time is because uh, comedy's in rules of three. That's right. right. Is uh is the final scene where Maverick comes out of nowhere, and you know they send Hollywood and and uh, and yeah. Wolfman, and they they take a quick L, <laughs> yeah, and then send Iceman. A, they take a hard L. yeah, take a hard L, <laughs> and then Iceman and Slider can't hang, and then. They basically <laughs> Maverick gets two gets two MIGs and Eisenhower gets one. I think he ends up shooting three of them down. Yeah, maybe yeah. three. Yeah, he, yeah. Does some, uh, he does some. He does They're some. Bugging They're bugging out. They're bugging They're out. They're bugging out and out. going all home. These... And I loved all the
2: terminology from that movie. Sure. Um, also
3: the the well just just because there's growing up in that in that city too there was a lot of so the barbecue joint where they play um, <sighs> what's the name of the song Shake my nerves Rattle my brain. Goodness gracious. Great Goodness gracious. ball's of fire. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, that a place called Kansas City Barbecue and my dad used to take me there all the time as a kid and now you can't go in there and they just had I think a fire recently but you can't go in there now without seeing any without looking around and seeing a relic from, from the movie from Top Gun movie. I mean you just like it's like Top Gun Barbecue slash Kansas City Barbecue <laughs> like it's like Top Gun main theme uh, and, then, and then the other the other actually cool place was they went to that uh, there's, they went to it twice I think in the movie of the um where they meet Meg Ryan, which that's kind of a weird little small role that Meg Ryan does that was in that's her movie. actual first film role. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I figured that was kind of one of her early roles. And I
1: thought she was incredibly cute in the movie. She was movie. very cute. Yeah. Yeah, she was uh she was she was my leading lady in yeah. this. You wow. know? Yeah.
3: But that restaurant they go to I I used to go to as well all the time and it since nine eleven it's now closed. Obviously the airport security's a little tighter, but you could go there and have lunch on the deck and watch the planes come in and it was an actual real restaurant that you that you'd be able to go to mm-hmm. went to all the time it's awesome
1: yeah that's uh that uh is uh, a great um Insider i love Rainbow. goose's yeah i just like goose's family i liked everything yeah. about goose i was like oh let's follow this guy around more
3: well yeah they re- they bring you really you in i guess no pun intended but they reel you into his, like, life and get and get you to really, really like him. I and mean, you said he's the most likable character in the movie. Right. And I right. absolutely agree
1: with that. Well, he's just, like, the guy who's not a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's very hard. Uh, I like Tom Cruise, the actor. Yeah. And he... It's hard now as an adult. I'm watching this, and I can't identify with Maverick at all. I'm like, who... Dude, go to a therapist. What yeah. is wrong with your daddy issues? Serious daddy issues. Get yeah. your daddy issues out of the air. Yeah. Like who cares what Dutch did? Like yeah. you you be your own man. Yeah. And and then he doesn't have a single um human interaction yeah. with any of his peers. You know, like yeah. every scene with Iceman is just like like awful, off putting tension, yeah. you know? Until um, the
3: very last right. moment.
1: Right. Again, and this is like this weird form I mean, of masculinity. The was
2: interesting, because it was like, a, are you are, they, are you guys gonna kiss? Yeah. Every time they were just like way too close to each other's faces. Yeah. It was like...
1: like their dialogue didn't make sense. It was all body language. Yeah. You're See, right. my so...
3: biggest my biggest plot hole in the in the movie. It's something I watched actually just or noticed when I watched just recently is Tom Cruise basically gets in because Cougar, Cougar bugs out, mm-hmm. turned in his wings. Right, he goes to Top Gun, and then they he slides in again, to this like, final battle, kills two or three, three MIGs, is all over every paper on the English-speaking world, and then he becomes an instructor at Top Gun. Yeah. So right. it's one fight, one and done, and now he's an instructor at Top Gun.
1: You, I mean, yeah. And what a crazy, like, you can do anything you want to do. It's yeah. like this Super Bowl scene where exactly. they're asking, what do you want to do next? And you could say, like, I want to go to Disneyland. Right. You know, or I want to go be I want to go be the pilot of a billionaire's, like, you know, sex plane.
3: Yeah. Or I'm going to keep fighting. Or I'm going to keep, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go be a teacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Wait,
2: what? <laughs> I'm just going to fly people into Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: All right. No, but I was, like, wondering, you know, what what happens to old fighter pilots? Do they become – they just work for, like, Delta, or you become a private pilot? Some of them run, pilot? run drugs for Pablo Escobar. Sure. That's
2: true. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I, mean, I don't necessarily think that's a – to me, that's not a pothole, because what would – I would be like, I would like to do something that doesn't get me killed. Or, like, that was fun shooting those MiGs, but I really don't want to do that a bunch more times. Yeah. Because, you know, I, a, I could die.
1: You don't think he's, like, a thrill junkie?
2: I mean, I think partially he – Is but I would, I would, I would opt for the school.
3: I mean, I would say too. Also, I mean, you look at Navy SEALs, for example, like after the the mission that killed bin Laden, none of those guys, none of those guys retired, they all still kept fighting as Navy SEALs. Oh, did they? Yeah, Yeah. I figured some of them actually were killed in later missions, but I think it's just in their their blood, in their nature, yeah, sure. Um, that they just want to keep fighting for their country.
2: I mean, it's like Liam Neeson's skill (laughs) set. What can you do besides that? Like, what do you do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you either stay on for the glory of fighting, uh, or if you're like interested in money, you join uh, yeah. like a Blackwater outfit.
2: I'm gonna go to Manhattan and sell Maseratis. <laughs> yeah, that would he'd be good at that. Top. I mean, Tom Cruise was good at it in Rain Man. Actually, he wasn't good at it. He was kind of a no, favorite,
3: he was terrible businessman. Uh, um, this is kind of his coming out party, though. No, um, no, no. Tom pun Cruise, intended. sorry. <laughs>
2: that was- See, that's exactly. See, this how the is it's it's, it's yeah exactly. Like, damn it, we, did, did you write that? They're, they wrote it. They're like, yeah. and Then they see it like yeah. ten years later. They're like, oh, uh,
1: this was a big year for him. He also huge. was in Martin Scorsese's The Color of Money, great movie. Yep. And uh, before this, he was in Risky Business, Risky Business. So, the outsiders, so uh, yeah. he he Taps, ton of stuff. He'd already been uh, a huge star, and it's interesting. After we started this, e pray, Judge podcast, how many Tom Cruise films? Yep. We're, we're either reviewing or that he is affiliated with or adjacent to. Oh, so many. He, I yeah. mean, he's just, his uh, fingerprints are everywhere yeah. in uh, cinema in the 90s. As long as you 80s, have a box 20s. for him to stand on, and you know,
2: Yeah, he, 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 he yeah. had to wear lifts in some of the scenes with Kelly McGill. She's 5'10". Uh, this one, I think, is the one that shot Tom Cruise into the stratosphere as far yeah. as stardom. And he was reluctant to do the role until uh, Don Simpson and Bruckheimer made him fly with the uh, Blues Angels. Yeah, and uh he was like, a, he like got off, got out of the plane, and was like, I'm I'm doing this movie. All of them vomited, by the way. All of these guys went in to flight schools yeah. with these with these instructors, who yeah. were awesome. There was actually a real burn the tower, uh scene, like they actually did that. Some of the instructors that they used a flyby, a flyby, yeah. What do they call it again? They call them flyby. fly-by yeah. Permission to flyby. Oh, yeah. buzz the tower. Re- re- request to buzz the tower.
1: Yeah. I'm like, oh, when request would anyone not. ever say yes? Yeah. So you're asking for consent nope. for pattern's a thing full. that will never happen. Neg-
3: yeah. Negative ghostwriter. The pattern is full. <laughs> pattern is yeah. full. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? Um, that's a lie, by the way. The pattern's never full. No. It's always empty. It's always wide open. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, how could it be full? What, what else is in that airspace when there's like you know planes going 600 miles an hour? Just yeah, nothing. Nothing. Teabagging their that.
1: air traffic controllers. And these are the people you need, their trust and their cooperation. And they so
2: only paid the navy one point four million to use the planes, which I thought is crazy because those are thirty million dollar pieces of equipment.
1: Well, this was a huge piece of propaganda, oh, and yeah. now what you see is uh, when planes fly over stadiums, the planes, uh, the 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 military pays for that. Yeah. Yeah. The so it, it's yeah. And you then know, it's, it's promotion. Th- this is uh this is like late Cold War '80s uh, Triumph of the Will propaganda right. to get yeah.
2: people to enroll in the Navy. To sort of jump back on the Tom Cruise thing, like he is—he's definitely not like the best actor you'll ever see. But for some reason, my dad said this years ago. He's like, "Guy can't act his way out of a wet paper bag." But he yeah. like, "I like all the movies he's in." Yeah, and like he has a really diverse body of work if you think about. It. Like he's done some really great stuff with great
3: directors, great films, and then done some. You know, well, all the action shit. films he's done is like, like I remember he came out with that one, uh, was it not Die Another Day, Edge of Tomorrow, where like he gets like reincarnated every time he like gets killed right. or something, and I was like, that's a stupid premise for a movie, and everybody saw it, I never saw it, but everybody saw it and loved it, it like got really great reviews, yeah. so he just has this way of like. Being an action, so he's just great at it. And Rain Man is one of my favorite movies. Rain Man's an he was amazing. though. honestly,
2: I really like Jerry Maguire too. And Jerry Maguire, yeah, and that's yeah. One movie that I would never really care to watch. And then you see him; he gets like he has star power. He brings in a certain dynamic. I mean, there was a good amount of sports stuff in there that I enjoyed, but um, he just picks good role. I mean, Color of Money, working with Scorsese, which was uh, kind of a light sequel to The Hustler. Yeah, uh, Paul Newman's movie.
1: Yeah, so- I haven't seen. I've never seen Rain Man or The Color of Money. You've mm, never seen either of those movies? Those are... But now they're on my list after this... uh yeah. After researching for this. Um, but I think of Tom Cruise as an actor who's got a... He's always got an intensity to him. Like, yeah. he's always... He commits to the bit no matter what. He really does. And he's not afraid to look really corny or cheesy. And, uh, like, even in this That's film... That's a good... Y- yeah, but he treat. like... There's no subtlety to his acting. No, zero. He's, like... He is... In this, he is a hothead who uh, is incapable of having normal uh, relationships with other dudes without sort of antagonizing them or bristling up against them. And then he is... uh, But he also does that thing that he does in every movie where he sings show tunes. Like, he sings uh, Goodness Gracious Great Balls of Fire in this. They found a way to shoehorn in that thing that he does. I mean,
2: he's he's a ham.
1: He's a ham in yeah. everything.
3: Yes.
2: I mean, that, even but that, that's part of his charm.
3: Yeah. Even that scene at, the, at Kelly McGill's Charlie, whatever character's name is, her house, <laughs> um, when they're, they're listening to Sitting on the Dock of the Bay, and he's yeah. talking about, you know, there's that, that slow pan shot that kind of goes right in front of his face that he's talking about, you know, oh, back in the day, we used to listen. It's such, it's such corny dialogue. Yeah. It's horrible dialogue, but he just commits to it and makes it work.
2: Right. <laughs>
1: He has no self-consciousness.
2: Yeah. He's never upset me watching I've never been like, that sucks. I mean, it's like, you know, you're not, you're not. Exactly. By the acting, you know.
1: Well, it reminds me of like that slam poem he has in cocktail when he gets on the uh, bar counter. We reviewed
2: cocktail earlier.
1: (laughs) But the the fact that as an actor, he would just do something so brazenly cheesy and commit 100% to it. It's like, I think that this sucks, but then there's not a flicker of doubt. In his in no. him as a performer, so you're like. I mean, he kind of is okay. that dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was uh, you
2: know when Magnolia came out, which was a brilliant movie. Right. He his character was crazy. You know that sort of Tony Robbins of uh, aggressive sexual predation that he, whatever his character really was in that movie.
1: Sure, he was like a monster energy drink pickup artist.
2: The way that uh, Paul Thomas Anderson decided to promote the film early on was to have infomercials with Tom Cruise as that character, and they would play them on TV at 3 a.m. in, in, in L.A. So like those infomercials would run and it would be Tom Cruise going, respect the cock. And just like going on this whole (laughs) diet, which I thought was brilliant. But like, what a cool way to do that. It's interesting that he begrudgingly took this role. And Val Kilmer also had zero interest in being in this movie, but he was contractually obligated. And the two of them did not get along. What do you mean
3: he was just contractually yeah, out think, of the studio? I
2: think Paramount had you know, he, he owed them money for top secret or
3: something. And- he's a, he's another one too. Like <laughs> super yeah, yeah. Super good looking guy, but like ended up being a really talented, really qualified I mean, good they, actor. Don I mean, Holiday? Yeah. Yeah. Willow. Yeah. Willow.
1: I loved him in this. I would I wanted to watch like the Iceman sequel. I yeah. I was like, why don't we what's interesting about this movie is that uh it 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 I think I Expected more action in it because I thought this is a war film, but it's really not a war film at it's all. Not, it's not, yeah, at all. It's like Police Academy. It's like it's the story of going of uh, these fighter pilots going to school. Yeah, and so uh, I see all of them, and it, it it's I wanted more battles. There just wasn't enough of that for me, and yeah. you know, I was like, I want to see like all well, these there dudes go like off in war. There's
3: like five dog fights in the whole movie. Yeah, right? yeah. You wanted more killing. Yeah.
1: I wanted, I wanted more killing. I wanted higher yeah. stakes. It felt like, yeah. uh, it felt like tricks rather right. than, and war games rather than war. And I think that that's part of the propaganda of it. It's the showing war as a football game. This is the critique I have of it. It's right. like it's all the fun and games of war. So like, if you're a young man and like you come from a sports like team background, you would yeah. be like, dude, I want to be like Wolfman, I want to be like Hollywood, I want to like, let's go join the Navy.
2: I mean, right. Everyone thought, that.
1: and then I you like to get, get to the Navy, and you're like, I'm swabbing decks, yeah. like I'm never getting in the plane. Yeah, I'm one of those guys on the uh, what? What do we call it? The hard top, the hard deck. The, no, I'm the, on the hard deck. Yeah, wearing
3: a helmet and kicking leg. his kicking his leg. That's the yeah. cool, like the coolest part of the intro, right? <laughs> yeah. That guy, yeah. that one guy kicking his leg during the Kenny Loggins bit.
1: Yeah, that's cool. and I got friends. Uh, vets who were on those hard decks and they're like their their hearings all messed up from the planes landing and you know it's not as glamorous Talk as uh... an
2: intense work environment like <laughs>
3: Jesus. Well, it was the pinnacle of like, like like manhood and masculinity. Like I remember growing up. Another tidbit from from San Diego is that 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 movie had such a huge impact like the the high school football team that played near my house that they, they would win and the Top Gun anthem would play like that was their like <laughs> that was their victory song and just you know that that guitar kind of comes in and it's just so like invigorating you know and it's that that kind of encapsulated the entire movie of just the, the like, intro, man, like the intro like the
2: actual theme
3: no the the the, good, the anthem the yeah the Top Gun theme yeah 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 that's
2: the best song in the movie he's definitely not playing with the boys you don't think so I, I can't. There's no way. One of one of life's simple joys is the boys.
3: That that's that shot of Slider coming in and pulling up his pants is like that. That that to me it was like just the coolest thing. I remember as like, and just doing that every you know baseball game, soccer games, just like coming in. You know what shot I'm talking about? He comes <laughs> yeah. in like ah, and he like screams and pulls up his <laughs> he pants. Does that weird flex. Too. Yeah, yeah. He does that weird flex. Yeah. yeah, it's great. I I mean yeah, that was a.
2: This was the highest-grossing film of 86, by the way, by far. Yeah? Yep. Interesting. And there was a lot of good stuff that came out in 86. The interesting thing is that Tom Cruise was the first guy they wanted. Don Simpson loved him. Bruckheimer loved him. Like, he was a perfect fit for this role. But he turned it down initially. Or it was just, you know, he, he wasn't that interested. So they went out. Other people that have turned the movie down. Matthew Modine... Coming, I think he was filming uh, Full, Full Metal, Metal Jacket, Jacket at this point, too, so he turned it down because of the Cold War politics involved. Totally. Was, um, I mean,
1: those are like ni- diametrically opposed films
2: ideologically. Right, absolutely. Patrick Swayze, Emilio Estevez, Nick Cage, John Cusack, Sean Penn, Matthew Broderick, Michael J. Fox, and Tom Hanks all turned it down. <laughs> so did fucking Scott Bayo. Wow. wow. This movie would have been horrible. This movie that, could like have been scene. Iron Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> Iron <laughs> Eagles is the aggressively heterosexual version of this movie. <laughs> with like the same soundtrack. You know, Sean Penn would have been good though. A lot of these guys would have been okay, but I, I couldn't see anyone else besides...
1: I could see... A Nick Cage. Sean Penn would have
2: brought a weird intensity to this role. Yeah, almost too intense. like back yeah. then he was doing much different movies, and it was it's just like Mystic like, River, and yeah, yeah. yeah and then like, what was the? Uh, God,
1: I would have loved. Uh, well, Sean Penn was doing like Bad Boys around Cops. this time. Yeah, yeah he was yeah, in yeah, Bad yeah. Boys. And uh, or no, what was it called? It was called Bad Boys.
2: Oh, Colors. Also. Oh, col- yeah, yeah, that right one too. Pac Man from
1: Colors with his little yellow like,
2: yellow car. Um. Also. Charlie Sheen considered, which is funny because they thought he was too young. He was in Platoon Sheen, yeah. during this year. Yeah. So both both Estevezes, uh, Charlie Sheen, who turned this down, and then was not considered again after someone else turned it down because they thought he was too young, uh, ended up playing Hot. Was was the lead in Hot Shots, which spoofed this movie. Sure, three years. later. I think you know, Platoon came out later. this year too, and uh, Charlie Sheen did yeah. Yeah. In that. Jim Carrey was considered for this role, which oh, is insane to wow. think about. That Eric Stoltz and Robert Downey Jr. So bizarre, um, you know, as to who who was considered. I think they just write scripts and go out to like any 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 bankable star. Yeah. Well, I look at I mean, Tim Robbins
1: now. You know that well, And the fact that uh, Tim Robbins is Merlin in this, yeah, is like yeah. he's such, such a, a small role, yeah, such a tiny role, and such a great actor, and so outside of what I consider a military, oh, absolutely, uh, typecast.
2: I think he just kind of fit in a, a weird slot in Hollywood because he wasn't like the most attractive leading man style role player. Yeah. Um, but he was in when he's when he's in something, he's in something good. and ja-
1: he, he, he was in Jacob's ladder around this he time. He
2: was in Jacob's ladder. He Bull Durham was right after sure? this. Uh, another small sort of, you know it's an integral role but it's not, you know it's not when, like did, when did Shawshank come out? That was in nineties. 90s was the right? yeah. yeah at some point. What uh ninety four actually.
1: This uh there were there are things about this movie that made me that are that Tony uh Scott's aesthetic that I really love yeah. that echo out later like one of a film that I love that he did was Revenge with Kevin Costner around this time and then another movie that uh, he did is True Romance which is like was one of my favorite movies Mm -hmm. in high school Mm -hmm. but I can see like Meg Ryan and Goose how they dress reminds me of uh, True Romance yeah, and just like the way that it's shot with all of the um, uh, like color drenched skies Mm-hmm. the uh beautiful sunsets right and and that whole aesthetic in california, the uh car chase um oh, yeah. between kelly mcgillis and uh and and our boy Tom Cruise yeah. on the motorbike yeah all that reminded me of uh true romance oh yeah, and I was, yeah
2: when it came to the aesthetics and feel of the movie, I know you mentioned Tony Scott, who probably had like a big hand in it, but uh the two producers, Simpson and Bruckheimer, were huge uh Hugely involved in the way the film looked and appeared. Don Simpson wanted the locker room vibe, so he—that's why eighty percent of the scenes, like they were misted, sweating in the locker room, yeah. you know, at all times. Constantly. They're like,
1: "Here's what we're going to spend most of our budget on after the ships
3: is Vaseline
1: and spritz bottles." <laughs> but seriously, though, though <laughs> like fighters. in that trial
3: that he goes through with Goose's death, and they sweating. talk about, and he's he's sweating, and they have fans. <laughs> there's fans on the ceiling, and he is profusely sweating. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, is the AC? Gone? Is there no AC <laughs> like in eighty six? Like hadn't what is going on? D- yet? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, we definitely had AC. Yeah. I think just a or bunch at least of fans.
3: Just wet boys. Just give him something, just man. <laughs> wet.
2: Uh, an interesting little tidbit about this movie is the real life Viper was in it. Okay. Uh, so Charlie's older man date. Yeah. Uh, and the very interesting. Was the guy that they based Viper off of? He was the head consultant for the film. The older he, guy that she's about to make a huge the, mistake yep, with. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, he was an F fourteen fighter and actually shot down a, a MiG during the Vietnam War. So he was a head consultant. Yeah, uh-huh. I uh,
1: that's uh, that's interesting. I like if if you like fighter pilots um, and that sort of history of fi- fighter pilots and when their heyday, it, check out the book "The Right Stuff," which is is the beginning of the uh, astronaut program.
2: A couple of these guys also became astronauts. Yeah,
1: because all the first astronaut after World War II. The, uh, you know, we got all those Nazi scientists that we captured and brought back to the U.S. Yeah, that helped ca- us with our. That's, yeah. That that's was, interesting as well. Yeah. yeah. So all these Nazis that we, like, uh, gave a pass to ended up w- um, helping us with our rocket program, yeah. which is where fighter German pilots come from. Yeah. And, uh, and then we took all of the uh, fighter pilots who were all basically, like, the evolution of cavalry. That's why you call, like, the helicopters in Vietnam right. or the cavalry. So the, these these guys that are like the would have been the horsemen back in the day now they're now they're uh, hot shot fighter pilots and they became the uh, test pilots in the desert and the right stuff follows that evolution from test pilots who would uh, had a really high mortality rate because like they oh, were yeah. just yeah. you know basically riding on missiles and and then that uh, evolving into the astro astronaut pro, NASA program yeah but um well, that was
2: also a great movie.
1: The right stuff. Yeah, haven't seen it yet. Okay. Oh, yeah. We'll get dude. there. We'll yeah. get there. We Love the book, Tom Wolfe. Oh, the fantastic yeah, you
2: definitely writer. Definitely see the movie then. Yeah.
1: Um. So, but Viper killing a bunch of people in Vietnam uh, in his airplane. Yeah. And uh, just made me feel like uh, then for whatever random note I just wrote down, John McCain sucks. <laughs> 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 Both as a pilot and a politician and as a human being, maybe all three of those things. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> And he's dead. So here we go. Grave dancing.
2: Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, like, so ultimately, I, I feel like this movie held up way better than I thought it would. I thought it would be completely Absolutely, ridiculous yeah. to watch again. I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I thought it, like, like it worked well. It was very well paced, like a good watch. Oh, and, yeah. you know, I didn't really care about the, the I, I thought it was actually in re- like now looking back at it with my more adult brain, I think that the fact that they didn't. There wasn't a lot of, like, actual life and death battles. I think that made it cooler. I think the schooling aspect was, like, the coolest part. Yeah. Because it's sure. not, you know... And I don't even think they needed the blowing up of the MiGs. It felt weird to me when I watched that happen. Yeah, um, I was it like, isn't odd. this
3: an international incident? Like, disingenuous.
2: Like... Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> also, like, yeah, fire on until, you know, only fire fired upon, blah, blah, blah. But
3: Yeah, I also love the fact that it, it's, a, it's almost, like I mentioned before, a double love story. And the fact that it starts out with, you know to quote the movie, one of the gutsiest movies, you know, I've ever seen in that he goes up to Kelly McGillis and in a full bar with his, with his reel and sings that song to her. Yeah. And she basically totally curves him, you know, and goes and sits with, I guess, real life Viper, but then comes in at the end and he's sitting at at Kansas city barbecue as now an instructor after fighting one, one fight. Um, and, and she sneaks in and Sneaks in the jukebox and puts that song. On. It's just kind of a nice little encapsulation of their of their love story, but it's not it's not beat you know you're not beat over the head with the Kelly McGillis Tom Cruise love story, and you're more invested in the in you know the bromance of of Tom Cruise and and Anthony Goose I'm, and Maverick, you know, yeah,
1: or or uh, Tom Cruise and. Uh, Ice
3: that's true. Too. Finally
1: becoming bros.
3: It's th- yeah, there's a three-way uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, part of this too is like uh what what's it mean to be like a good wingman and and uh and uh you know Maverick, I didn't li- like one thing, the character is an asshole because he's untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. Right. And then by the end, he learns how to be a team player. So, for the military. He's dangerous. Yep. Yeah, now he's now he's Does more he dangerous. become a
2: team player though. I think... Uh, he's like, get out of my way, I'm shooting now. <laughs> no, well...
3: Uh, that's halfway through. That's but halfway through, end. that's how Goose dies, yeah. Yeah. Right. That's true. But he, you know, he's... Someone's like, engage, Maverick... Oh, uh, Merlin is telling Maverick, you know, engage, engage, and he's like, I'm not leaving my wing, I'm not leaving my wingman. And it ended up working out for him. Yeah. Hits the brakes and flies right by.
1: Yeah, so it... it uh, at the end, he becomes a responsible pilot and um, a trustworthy wingman. Right. So that's... That's great, and also, uh, you know, getting down, getting what is it? That Chubba Wubba song? Is it you get knocked down but you get up again? Yeah, yeah, Thub, that's...
3: Thump, tub something, tub thumper, yeah, tub something. <laughs> yeah, he gets anyway, knocked down.
1: The Goose thundies. gets his neck yeah. broke.
2: <laughs> he gets he kills, uh, up. He kills his best friend.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah this film and uh, Days of Thunder has a similar plot line where it's like this uh, this idea of a hero losing his nerve mm-hmm. or losing her ner- well, losing I mean, their the nerve. Well, it's the same edge, exact.
2: Yeah producers and director for (laughs) that movie
1: right they were like let's have a it's top gun on a motorcycle
2: no it's it's, uh yeah nascar nascar that's it sure i never saw i never watched days of thunder all the way through i didn't care
1: yeah even less stakes than this because there's no
2: russian stock car drivers right (laughs) it was a movie about cat scans basically yeah (laughs) i think that's what happened there
1: um (laughs) So, uh, yeah, my, I mean, my final thoughts on this are like, it's a very simple story. It's a, it's a, it's a coming of age, going to school story. You know, a guy's got to go to the Academy and learn some lessons about himself and then gets out. There's some fairly low stakes, uh, vanilla violence in the movie. Um, a couple Russians get killed, but we never see their faces. And, uh, I don't know. I think, um,
2: pg rating too it's a pg rated is it really uh, yeah which there's a solid amount of cursing
1: yeah it's a piece of propaganda for the united states navy it's pg rated it's a great movie to watch um to learn about how not to behave as a man and uh but stylistically it's so beautiful um i love like the director is fantastic and I thought that uh that's what really mesmerized me were the images. Not the story as much, but the images and the music and sort of the style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know?
2: I think Jerry Bruckheimer spent the rest of his spent, spending the rest of his career trying to remake that movie stylistically and just can't do it. Yeah, mm. I,
1: I give this uh six out of ten MIGs. <laughs> that's, an
2: interesting choice. that's a lot of
1: MIGs. That's, that's a, lot a lot of, of MIGs. There's way too many MIGs in this guy, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we're outnumbered. That's three pair.
3: That's, <laughs> yeah. what, they that's what they say. Yeah. Two pair. Two you pair. say four. I don't understand. Yeah, well, i's, everything is just Why two, is a pair convoluted. The other thing I can't I can't stand, it always bugs me every single time I watch the movie, is when he says he says to Iceman, Iceman, on the count of three, break right. And then he goes three. Yeah. Two. One. That's that always. So when the, I always hear just, that, when he goes
2: three, I just break. Yeah. So
3: if I break the countdown,
2: it's like, Wait, are you doing it on three or the countdown? Count of three? Three, it's like, three.
1: three. Yeah. 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 Just start <laughs> at one. I don't understand the problem. That's always a funny joke in buddy cop movies. Yeah. So we're we going in on three? Yeah. Or, like, are we counting to three? Or, like,
2: yeah. what? Uh, mm. And then they just jump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. I was, I was, I, for a movie that I absolutely watched more than any other film in the history of film, cinema, Yeah, <laughs> um, I didn't think it would hold up however many years later. But, it, I mean, it was just, a like I said, a fun watch. I mean, I, I was, like, pleasantly surprised.
1: You know what? It made me want to watch the uh, fighter pilot scenes in Independence Day again.
2: I never saw Independence
1: Day. Wow, Will Smith is such a great fighter pilot.
2: Is he? <laughs> mm-hmm. He is he's great. He's delivering quippy one liners. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> See, that doesn't do it for me. I also, like, there was like a lack of, like, the humor in this movie seemed genuine to me, by the way. Like, the back and forth between Maverick and Goose were great. Yeah. Like, when they're sitting in class. There's two
3: O's and Goose boys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or the plaque for the alternates in the, the ladies' room. room. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But,
2: like, them, that whole scene where they're, she's talking about the inverted whatever and flipping the bird, I mean, that was just like the. Such a natural, sure. You know chemistry between those two. Oh yeah, not a not a you know a gay love story. No, just, just takes the ass for friendship.
3: Well, when God. he goes to, he's like, "Well, I was coming up on a six He goes, "We, yeah, sorry, goose, sorry, goose, we, we were, yeah, thank you, thank you, <laughs> so great." Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, what's your final uh, rating for this? Recommend
2: it? Yeah, I mean, if you've never seen Top Gun, you should probably see Top Gun. <laughs> there's no way i wouldn't recommend it if you're an eight-year-old boy who likes team sports and uh fast things watch this movie also you shouldn't be listening to this podcast probably (laughs) hey Um, if
1: you're a (laughs) dad
2: who has yeah i give it eight out of ten shirtless jean shorted volleyball spikes yeah matt
3: this is, yeah, this was Matt's pick by the way, and it was a good one. Like I was like, really excited to, to read. Yeah, it, Sam, this Sammy was excited about this one. I love. I mean, this is a movie I grew up. It's definitely in my top ten, maybe even top five movies of all time, just because it has it has nostalgic feel to me personally, right? Because um, of yeah. San Diego, but also just growing up with it. For some reason, my parents decided to show me this movie at a young age, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend – I kind of go on the same, same line. If you haven't seen Top Gun yet, see Top Gun. Yeah, like, one uh, of those yeah. movies. See it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, get, I, I would give it an 8.5 out of 10 aviator glasses. I love it.
2: Yeah. Each
3: one steps up. I give it a 9.
2: Uh-huh. uh-huh.
1: So what did you get? Oh, so we got, we got MIGs, volleyball spikes,
3: aviator glasses. Aviator glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you've got the need for speed, (laughs) then you must see this movie.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Guys, where can people find you?
3: Matt, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, Right now, you can find me on Instagram, at Matt Moretz, M-A-T-T-M-A-R-E-T-Z. Just give me a follow. I kind of keep updates on little shows I do around New York, um, TV shows I'm in, little films I'm doing, um, or big films I'm doing. You know, shoot for the stars. Um, yeah,
1: what's a show that people uh, could see you on now?
3: Uh, I just did a small role in the, uh, in the season premiere of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon. Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, and I actually, funny enough, play, a, uh, play an army soldier in the, in the show. Um, so I was channeling my inner, uh, my inner Iceman um, <laughs> on set. And people yeah. were like, what's this guy doing? It's like, <laughs> you don't know. You don't like, talk to anybody. Yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to be my wingman. When he does Sucks.
2: That, he's really close to my face. Yeah. And he's always sweaty.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'd be the Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing that? You're doing it wrong.
2: Do this. Stop doing that dumb shit. Yeah. Uh, Sammy, you got anything? You want to for right now, man? Yeah? Stuff's coming up soon.
1: All right, cool, cool, cool. Well, uh, you know, as always, I'm Gabe Pacheco, and you can find uh, my album, Risky Behavior, on uh, iTunes or Amazon or other places people buy albums. And uh, come to Funhouse Comedy. It's every Wednesday night at Pete's Candy Store at 10 p.m. And uh, soon I'll have some big news coming down the pike about that show as well. But for now. Uh, That's everything. Thanks a lot. I'm Gabe Pacheco, and this is Eat, Pray, Judge. Peace.